This podcast is recorded in a house with animals. The chickens are all outside. All of the baby hens are are in their own coop now. The grown-up hens are out there somewhere, too, doing their grown-up hen thing. But we cannot guarantee there won't be interruptions from dogs and cats, including Tiny Orange was just, like, taking over the desk, cleaning herself. So we, we had to make some adjustments. And Sergey will probably come in to knock things off the desk so that yeah. we are aware who is in charge. It's, it's what he does, yeah. So you, you've been warned that if the dogs decide to lose their mind or the cats decide to be jackasses, then you'll probably hear. The other thing to make a note of is, as you might have noticed, we swear. And while this podcast is not explicit in any way, shape, or form, we swear a lot. And, um, well, iTunes only lets you set one of two values, clean and explicit. So we're setting to explicit. Really sorry about that. It's really PG-13. Probably. Probably. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 51. It is the second episode of the month of June, so we will be having your letters. And the second episode of year two. And this, uh, Well, I, I think technically it's the first episode of year two. Well, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, we're, we're now in our second year. I'm very excited about that. It's been a great year, as I've said, and I got some great stuff coming up in the next couple episodes. Really, really thrilled about so this week, I have been doing my thing. I got handed a project at work that is just one of the things I've really been excited about, but we're going to have to make it into like a real project and not just, hey, can you go explore this thing? And oh, by the way, we need it stood up as quickly as possible. There's a lot of components. There's a lot of moving parts, and it's going to be really important. So it's going to be interesting to see how we break it down and get it set up. Only... A large, no, only a small piece of it is going to require like developmental changes, I think. A lot of it's going to fall into system administration and architecture and changing how we do some things. And I'm just pumped because this is one of the things I've wanted to do since I got there. And we haven't had a business driver for it. Now we've got a business driver and I can't go into any more details without, you know, probably giving away state secrets or something. But it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited about it. Woo! Woo. Uh, the other thing is we uh, had an incident where a customer database got broken. These things happen. We've managed to recover from it. And now I'm basically going through all the... That's like the crisis of the week that I have to recover from before I can go work on the fun stuff. And so finding that balance of... Here's the important stuff that's urgent and customer-facing I need to work on. And here's the long-term important, not tactical, but strategic work I need to work on. It can be a little hectic sometimes because I'm in a very uh, tactical position, but we need to think strategically. Or as, as with many things, if you don't think about the long game, it doesn't matter what you win today you could lose it all in a year, two years, five years, because you didn't plan appropriately for two years, three years, five years down the road. It's really hard to, especially in tech, it's really hard to make adjustments to like, this is how we've done things for the last three years where they work. Now there's no reason to change. We're just going to keep doing it. 
by the time you reach a point where there's a reason to change, it may be too late and it is too hard to change or you basically have to throw everything out and start from the ground up. I've seen this happen over and over again at different companies I've been at. And so it's really important if you're in a position where it feels like the only thing that matters is what's gone wrong today or what the tactical daily flow is and you're not thinking about, well, what about this increase in business or this particular series of events that, you know, how's that going to do it? You'll never get out of that tactical day-to-day and you can end up setting yourself up for bad things. Uh, my last job, there was a lot of that. You know, we talked a big game about we need to be strategic, we need to plan out. Didn't always work that way. And it meant that we were stuck with solutions two, three years past where we should have been that required a lot more work. And we had to do major overhauls in order to, to I'm not going to say fix, but in order to do it better and do it smarter and do it with modern practices. So there's there's my thing is balancing the strategic and the tactical, balancing the day-to-day needs to be done now. Yes, the ghost in the printer has arrived. I don't know. So I, I bought this network connect attached printer. It's an Epson. It's great. I love this printer. Oh, yeah, I use it Mm because it doesn't use the expensive ink. So if I need, like, paperwork printed, I just make Kevin's link to it. The thing is, for whatever reason, every so often it gets a a ping or something from one of the other machines in the house, and it goes, oh, I need to reset my print head. So all day long, the printer is just resetting the print head for no reason whatsoever. So I just think it's possessed. I just think it's possessed. It's an possessed. Epson machine. They come possessed. When the demon inside dies, you have to return it. Yeah, well, I'm past the return time on this one, so if the demon in it dies, then I guess it'll be time for another one. I just had to do that. Yeah. It was... It was, uh, And yours was... Yours was very expensive, but yours is a much more specific use case. Yes. I have, I have a general printer, scanner, copier thing. I think it'll do fax too, but who the hell still uses faxes? Okay, guys, you're going to write in and tell me. I know. Try to be nice about it. There are. I have had places go, okay, we need a fax, and I've been like, surely you jest. Yeah. <laughs> usually the places, usually places you wouldn't think, but you know. Yeah. yeah. Pharmacies, mm-hmm. doctor's offices. Anyway. So, so, wombat test subject of mine. Yes. Author and illustrator Ursula Vernon. <laughs> Still. Still. Well, I mean, you're starting... Author T. Kingfisher. Author T. Kingfisher, yes. There you go. Um, So how has your week gone? It's been very good. Um, I got... uh, This is one of those possible deal can't talk about until finalized, don't want to jinx it, but it looks like I may have sold some more stuff. Mm -hmm. So I went suddenly from being functionally... I am a Ronin, I have handed in all of my stuff, I am beholden to no man, oh god, I'm unemployed, to, uh, so we need 80 things by now. Yeah. And it, I spent a day wandering around gibbering. Yeah, you did. Uh, and it was totally worthwhile, and when I finally get to announce it, you'll, you know, understand why, no, I'm not, like, writing a Star Wars book or something. I know all of my friends are, but I am not. It's okay. And what what would you write in the Star Wars universe at this point? Sith Gardeners. Sith God. Okay, how does that work? 
What do you mean? How does that work? They're Sith. They garden. Yeah, but... So, anyway... Korriban is a ball of desert and dust. How do you think they fed people? Sith gardeners. I was going to work on the theory of enslaving other planets and bringing it all there. Oh, that's inefficient. You can't even keep up with your own birth rate, let alone feed everybody. Um, anyway, so the moral of the story is... What's your cat doing? My cat is weird. Yes, your cat is weird. That's Tordy. Tordy is the only cat in the house that is my cat. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, anyway, so I suddenly had to scramble to get a book proposal out the door you that did. I had been not noodling with. I had been working on it pretty solidly, but uh, it suddenly became a case of, let's have all of this and a formal synopsis at the end, and... I did it, uh, yeah. which required some nose-to-the-grindstone stuff, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I had to flip through a bunch of other projects, find things that would be applicable, so I have reread a lot of my old stuff over the weekend, which <laughs> is an exercise alternately in ego and humility, because sometimes you're like, oh god, I need to fix so much stuff, and but frequently you'll find bits, at least I find bits, where I'm like... Hey, that was a good line, or, yeah, I like that I know, right? Yeah. So, and I had one very surreal thing happen. Um, Okay. There is a book I've been working on off and on for, uh, well, 12 years. Mm -hmm. That seems to be how it goes. 2006, man, I started a lot of books that year. And I have, like, six or seven different instances, basically, of this. Yes. And I pulled one up and went through and was like, okay, edit this, edit this, change this out. And then I started to think, wait a minute, this isn't the newest one. There was more here. So I went and found a later version <laughs> that is the most up-to-date and went and re-indated the damn thing this time. Right, right. So that, you know. And I had gone through on the latest version and a year ago, mm-hmm. past me, made word for word a number of the same edits. And I don't mean, like, fixing typos. I mean, I would take out a chunk of line. I would, like, yeah, that clause doesn't belong there. Move a thing forward. I would reword something. Uh, I, like, the consistency was almost terrifying in a couple of places. I was like, wait, this, oh my god, I, I thought that sentence was clunky a year ago, and I took out the exact same bit and moved it around. You know, it, it was... That's, yeah, pretty amazing. Well, well, not amazing. Amazing may be the wrong term. It's it's both sort of, I mean, I am consistent, apparently. Apparently. And hilarious, but also a little terrifying that, <laughs> like, I, uh, a year and a half ago, I think 2016 was the last time I opened it, I wrote the exact same words I would write today on this project, which, you know, uh, life is strange. Life is strange. Now, that there's there's an interesting thing. You usually have, over the course of time, you have several working copies of a document. Frequently, Frequently. yes. Frequently. Um, there'll come a point where I start to get paranoid, and I'll say, I use Dropbox mm-hmm. for everything, and I'll save uh, a new copy or something, you know. Uh, right. Or uh, if I have to rewrite, I'll just title it Rewrite. And then once Mm -hmm. I start sending it to editors and whatnot, uh, things come back with uh, 
the usual method is the um well there isn't a usual my editor penguin says you know with kate's notes basically it's like file right. with kate's notes and sometimes the date mm-hmm. you know 620 and i'll send it back with uh file edits 625 right and um Brooke, who does my self-pub, is, uh, uh, usually does it uh, because she has multiple clients. So, you know, Vernon, mm-hmm. this uh, date. Okay. And so I'll just change the date and send it back kind of thing for, you know, the date mm-hmm. that I sent it. So uh, mostly it works. I The only time it's ever – we had one go to pr- – uh, almost go to press mm-hmm. uh, that was an old version. Oh, at Penguin, and that mm-hmm. it had made some substantial changes, and the only reason we cut it is the art director was like, I don't have illustrations for these, like, eight things. And I'm like, I did all the illustrations in that book, and I started going through, and I was like, okay, I can draw that. Wait a minute, the reason these do- I didn't do this is we cut this chapter. Oh, wow, yeah, that's, and, a, that's a big difference. Yeah. yeah, and we changed this other thing around. Like, there had been some major alterations, so I, you know, send back a panic note, and the thing is, they were on a tight deadline, so they are like, Holy crap, and they had to send it to a copy editor over the weekend and pay them overtime, basically mm-hmm. being like, turn it around now. We we are just about to die here. Fix so. it, fix it, fix it, yeah. yeah. But, you know, eyeballs on things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that's basically... Oh, and I had one exciting bit of news. Um, a couple months ago, Amazon was like, hey, how about you, you know, we are... I don't know if they were like, we are taking applications to offer a sale on book one of or on books and we would like to make clockwork boys one of the ones that goes on sale in the uk and i was like yeah sure okay whatever yeah you know sounds good um and it went on sale for so you can buy it for like a pound or 99 pence or whatever in the uk (laughs) uh it will not be a euro it will not be a euro uh Sorry. But the thing is, it suddenly jumped and is currently, as of the time of this recording, the number one paid epic fantasy novel in Amazon UK. Which is pretty friggin' awesome. Uh, Yeah, you know, and uh, not just in the Kindle store, it's like number 53 total in the Kindle store. And so uh, you only need to move, like... 500 copies in 12 hours for that to happen, and it's not going to stay there. I mean, Game of Thrones is eventually going to kick me to the curb, but uh, there's a little bestseller tag next to the word, (laughs) and I'm like, holy mackerel, you know? (laughs) Uh, The the U.S. is a bigger market. It would take a lot more copies in the U.S. Uh, I will routinely move, you know... uh, five or six hundred on opening day and not even ping mm-hmm. you know i might get like number 30 but it's really cool oh, i'm no, a bestseller really cool, yeah. for a little bit how <laughs> awesome is that yes you're an amazon bestseller which is pretty cool okay and not amazon... just in one of the super obscure chapters you know categories like children's books lizards which i've been which you have been yes, yes. yeah <laughs> Um, so that's it. I think for for both our updates, I don't. I didn't give you any homework last time. No, we went to IKEA. We did go to IKEA, which was basically there were whole sections that were organization porn for both of us. Yes, I want to burn all of our furniture and replace it now. 
I kind of want to rearrange some things and put in cubbies. And they had wall mount lockers in different sizes that you can attach artistically to the walls. And I'm just like, I could do that. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a little of that. I did grab a packet of their ballpoint pens. Yep. Their basic ballpoint pens. I looked at the the planner, not planners, but the journals they had. They were very straightforward journals and sketchbooks, as as is the way of IKEA. They were very streamlined. The they were of a, a reasonable quality. They umlauts did, were involved. They did, yeah. Umlauts, I think, were involved <laughs> in the names. They did not require an Allen wrench to assemble. <laughs> But they weren't anything you couldn't get anywhere else for an equal or lower price. Right. I mean, the pens were actually kind of a value for the three-pack, and they're they're reasonably good. I've I've been using it to make notes for this show, and some of the letters we're going to read later. And it's, you know, it's a really standard gel pen. uh, Very straightforward, in black, and it works. Which is really all I want out of a generally a pen i'm still going to use my fountain pens because they are the great joy of writing but i wouldn't go to Am- uh, amazon <laughs> i would go to amazon for deals on pens i wouldn't go to ikea for this sort of organization supply right i did however get a printer cart that is also kind of a map cabinet you did and i'm excited about that that's really cool because you'll be able to store the papers in a little more and I have so many varieties of paper. You do. I might even give you some of my varieties of paper mm-hmm. if you want. Uh, it helps in my office because I have very things like the printer and mm-hmm. the you know and uh, various uh, large devices that I only use occasionally. I have them on carts or casters or something, so I can pull them out if I need to move one around. Um, mm-hmm. It uh, that's part of how I work. And we're gonna we're gonna have some fun in that something pinged pinging occurred. Yeah, it was a it was a medium post from somebody. Okay. Um, no, I've uh, I've got the laser cutter to play with. Yes, you have the laser cutter. I I bought a cheap laser cutter that it it's highly reviewed as like the best home laser cutter of the cheap laser cutters where you're not spending, you know, $2000 kind of thing. I think it was 400 bucks. But, but. some assembly will be required. Uh Kevin has been beating his oh head against God. this thing for ages and it's it's basically all of the things are you can get a cheap ass decent labor laser engraver for $400. Yes. If you are willing to put an extraordinary amount of assembly and figuring out how to make it work into it which given that i am cheap and um and reliant on kevin's labor (laughs) uh i was like sure that's a great deal i'm not paying much of the price so if i was actually paying kevin what his time was worth it would be an extraordinarily expensive laser you probably would have paid for it by now yeah yeah the side effect is though you know so i've i've had to take apart and reassemble the drive the, not the, the, the thing that pulls the mirror back and forth. I've had to focus the mirrors. I burned myself once. Twice. That, twice. 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 On the laser. Oh, really? No, it's only the one. That's... There was a second scream, and you were like, no, I burned myself again. It's fine. But I don't think it was a spectacular it was No, it, it isn't a, a dot of a scar the way this one is. Yes. So, but we've got it all worked out, and 
I'm hoping that we can actually do some real cutting, not just, hey, look, we can make burn, we can do, we can laser burn images onto wood. The, there are lots of things I want to do, but we've run into con prep, so I've had to move mm -hmm. it out of the way, see again, casters, right. and uh, get the printer going to run all the prints for uh, sale to convention. So yes. con prep it has an extraordinary number of moving parts. Um, there is mm -hmm. always something where you thought you had plenty of, in my case, clear plastic bags that hold an 8.5 by 11 print. Ah, Yes. I actually had about 20, so Ooh. I had to order another order. I use clearbags.com. They're very handy for that. Uh, this year, because I'm the GOH, I had to do a uh, bunch of matted large format prints for the art show. Uh, I say had to. I mean, I didn't have to, but uh, I have some nice prints that I you get do, a chance yeah. to show off, and it's, since this is less of a, I am selling a, selling stuff in the art show, and more of a let me show off the cool stuff I have done. Oh. Uh, I have uh, some very large format um, mats that uh, will, uh, I think they're 18 by 24 to go over 13 by 19s, mm -hmm. you know, of various... And your new printer pieces. has does, does bigger than my new printer can do 16 by 20. Yes. I have the paper for it. I have not yet done anything. <laughs> um, I'm a little afraid because the paper's not cheap, and I'm like, oh, God, if I screw one of these up, it's that's like that's like three bucks for a sheet of paper. Which so. is, yeah, a significant increase over, like, it's, uh, what, 20 10, cents 20, 10, 20 cents, yeah, yeah. For, for the others, so. Yeah. Anyway, so. Anyway. Excitement. So much excitement. Thinking of excitement, we will be back after this quick break to read your letters. Yay! Yay! are back. I hope. Yes, we're back. <laughs> Yay for being back! Some, sometimes watching the little the the recording thing makes you nervous when it isn't updating as quickly as you'd like. So I'm talking. Why is the little wiggly nine line not wiggly flying? Right. So we have letters. Let us read some letters. Let us let us start at the very beginning. This is a comment on episode thirty-eight back in March. This is from our friend Reagan, who was on the show a couple Hi, months back. Yeah, uh, I think out of all the episodes I've listened to, this one has given me the biggest aha, setting up a repeating task in my Google Calendar to predict my cycle. You know, it's weird. You have it every now and again. You'd think you'd know when right? you have a period, but I frankly... Every time I'm like, oh shit, that's a thing that's happening. Yeah. I go into the doctor like, when was the start of your last cycle? I'm like, I don't know. It was mm -hmm. at some point. Things yep. happen. It's it's just such a non-event now because I'm 41. I've been having this for a long time. I. It, it, eh. mm -hmm. 
So Reagan goes on to say, I tried tracking it before, but I was entering the in the date of when it actually started and then eventually stopped doing it. Sarah's method was a huge eye-opener for me, and it's going to help a lot as I get older and things start to change. That is also a thing that is happening to us all. Yes. Solidarity, Reagan. Yeah, uh, she has a lot of other great advice for using Google Calendar, and I'm probably going to implement a lot of it. Uh, including the Zapier thing to notify someone when stuff is added to a spreadsheet is something I'm going to look into for work as well. That was a really cool thing Sarah had talked about is having it, some automation that someone could update a line in a spreadsheet and she'd get notified. Hmm. Like if uh, when handling the uh, the editing cycle of her blog and her contributors and things like that. Thank you so much for interviewing her. Her advice and tips are going to help me out tremendously. Well, I'm really glad we could help out, Reagan. It's It's always fun. And let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. Now we're getting up to the uh, KonMari talk I had, uh, or we talked about a little bit. Look, I admit it's a cult, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. The thing also, that- don't look in my closet right now. I, <laughs> I, have, uh, I have fallen to the dark side. Right. So Feather has, has written in to say, the thing that frustrates me about the KonMari system stuff is the hype TM, tends to frame it as totally unique and amazing, which is a little irksome when you've been hearing the same basic ideas since you were a small thing in the Canadian prairies in the 80s. Plus, of course, the this will work for everyone. It's perfect rhetoric that tends to go along with it, but I tend to think that here at Productivity Alchemy, we can take that as and read that as this is absurd. Yeah, one size does not fit all. I know Kevin got extremely mm-hmm. skeptical. It worked very well for me for the decluttering um, because, and I think part of it is that it is very, very hard to throw things away that, are, or mm-hmm. donate them even when you haven't worn them very much or like, I, I wasted this. And it's it's there's this dream that if we just keep it around, we will use it and justify whatever we money we spent on it. And a really nice thing about the KonMari system is that it's it gives you a justification, basically, which is this taught you, this had value in that it taught you what doesn't work for you. Right. So as part of your thanking objects for, you know, their service, you if it hasn't served in the one regard, you haven't worn it into tatters, you can just be, thank you mm-hmm. for... Teaching me what doesn't work. Right? Yeah. Uh, Hilariously, Feather goes on, the system is incompatible with the way both my brain and the brains of my sisters work because we all inherited our grandmother's latent hoarding tendencies because the hoarding tendencies themselves are based in a kind of subconscious animism. We were the kind of children who were traumatized out of ever getting rid of stuffed animals by the velveteen rabbit Uh. and thus spent most of our young lives feeling secretly guilty and gutted at how we were terrible for not loving our toys toys better. I I suspect that uh, Toy Story uh, went and and traumatized a whole new generation Mm -hmm. in that fashion, yes. Yeah, there were... um, there, there is some further discussion about uh, their efforts with uh, their grandmother moving, but she does say that they're, they, they've hit, our bar is, does this justify the spe- space it, it takes up? And sometimes justification is, it makes me happy. Sometimes justification is, everyone needs a set of clothes they know will be appropriate for a somewhat formal funeral. And if you're unsure you'll have income in the future, it's pretty damn stupid to throw out a perfectly serviceable outfit just because you'd never wear it anywhere else. Yeah, and this leads to one of the problems with minimalism as a philosophy 
is that a lot of the people who are all, oh man, you can totally live in five square feet and own, you know, a hot plate and a laptop is these are people who literally have the money and resources to go buy something if they need it. Right. And use it once. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, sure. If you're making $400,000 a year, then, and you decide that you probably writing self-help books. Yes. Then uh, eh, I'm sure they're all tech startup people and you're in Silicon Valley and have, you know, are telling everyone how you need to be a minimalist. Um, that well, you're eating out every night, you know. Yeah, exactly. And if you need clothes for a funeral, you can just go buy them and wear them once. Uh, in this particular yeah. case, whereas there's, uh, it's like the flip side of the coin from the people who grew up through the depression. Lord knows. Oh yeah. A lot of us had those, have those in the family tree. Uh, my grandmother on one side saved everything. She a plastic bag. She would wash out, hang mm-hmm. up to dry. Uh. She saved the little styrofoam trays that meat came on, which fortunately when she was moving, um, there was a lot of dumping those because that's horrifically unsanitary. But yeah. uh, my grandmother on the other side could not get rid of the little plastic dishes that came, used to come with uh, like um, lean cuisine and mm-hmm, whatnot when mm-hmm. they were sturdier dishes than oh, just yeah, the, yeah. the ones they are now and reuse them. It's or, or there's that whole pile on dog skull patch of cleaned washed mason jars. Yeah. And mayonnaise jars and pickle jars. Yeah, if it was and, just mason jars, sure, but no, it's every jar under the sun. Yep. And they've they whoever cleaned out the house prior to whatever, they they just hauled out basically a whole mess of mess is a southern term. Um a whole mess of these jars and now there's, you know, like a two foot high mound of them next to a tree. And we cleared out about a foot and a half of that. Right. And there's still more to go. Yeah, which is uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I did recently um, this last week was talk to a, a guy who cleans up invasive species uh, mm-hmm. about work on dog skull patch. And then I got a cataclysmic case of chiggers. There's a chigger bite on my right nipple. And the fact that I'm still alive and have not thrown myself into the sea is a testimony to both my tenacity and the healing powers of lidocaine. I was going to say, and the trouble it is to drive all the way to the sea to throw yourself in. Particularly when you're itching your boob wildly with the hand you normally steer with. Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. (laughs) Final note from Feather, I also have to be pretty strict with myself these days about not doing shit all at once, because if I do that, I will run myself ragged about halfway through. Or I will terrify myself away from the project and never get it done because, oh God. And uh, and that's perfectly natural. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the the problems I think with with the KonMari method in the the in its original home in Japan, you had you know the writer is very upfront that it is for people living in very small apartments, right? And there are physical limitations to. I mean, it's like if you want to go through all your clothes, uh, it's. I think it's much easier to do when you have been constrained, when you're like, my apartment is feeling full, as opposed to my 10-room house is feeling full, and I have three storage units. Uh, Mm -hmm. Americans have a very unhealthy relationship with stuff because we have so much space to put it in, but that's not a problem I can solve in 10 minutes on productivity alchemy. No. From Stevie, 
Again, same episode, Letters, Bags, Travel, episode 42. Yay, bags. You aren't alone in the back issues complicated by messenger bags. I asked a bag-loving coworker his opinion also, and he switched to a backpack style for the same reason. My REI does not seem to believe in Timbuktu anymore. I thought they had them at some point, and so did I. Um, so I'll have to see who does carry them nearby. I prefer to frolic in things before I decide to buy. I, I cannot blame you. Now, my current bag I did buy kind of sight unseen, because there was nowhere to go try it out. I'm still really happy with it. That's the Tilly. That's the Tilly. Yes. Yeah. I ended up really liking the KonMari method, Stevie continues, surprising only because I normally shun foamy hype things. I will probably never get to the final completed stage of it, but I've also never held on to methods or strict anything hard enough for this to be distressing. Look, I got through my clothes and that was it and I was happy. I have so much less stuff now and I like or love most of it, especially when it fills the niche job in my life so beautifully. Hell yes, for what not to wear, it's the designer clothing, not your body, that's the problem. Damn straight. Oh, that my God. is one of the, the things. The great that, truths. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I needed to hear it from someone in the field before I would believe it. I, I love all the people who wrote in about bags. Mm -hmm. um, Patricia wrote in to say, I wanted to suggest a, a Deuter message bags, if you're still looking. That's D-E-U-T-E-R, like the beginning of Deuteronomy. Yes. Uh, where I'm from, they tend to be carried together with Ospreys and other backpacks. Uh, Duder's message bags are very rugged and quite durable for me. Mine has been to three different countries carrying anything from regular notebooks to water bottles and a Bluetooth keyboard. Their selections may be a bit small, but they have good compartmentalization. Which is kind of important when you're traveling a lot. You know, it's so easy for a bag to just get jumbled. There's, uh, God, I had a link somewhere to one of those sites where it's like, you will you you design the bag and they make it based on the various things and right. they're unbelievably expensive you know they're they're you get this bag made and it better last your entire life and you hand it down to your children <laughs> but yeah you know uh, Patricia continues, ironically, because I no longer carry the Bluetooth keyboard as much anymore, I am switching to a smaller Tigernu, T-I-G-E-R-N-U, bag, similar material, but in gray, but with a zipper option to turn the straps from shoulder to backpack. And let me tell you something, that is my favorite feature on this new bag. My back starts to, my shoulder starts to hurt from using it as a shoulder bag, switch it to a backpack. If I need to use it as a single shoulder bag again, it's a really quick change. I really need to change up the straps in mine, although it has been uh, serving as the holder for my tablet PC for drawing and the various devices that go with yeah. that, which is handy to have. Do, do, uh, Buddha wrote in to say uh, hello again. Uh, Buddha's the one who suggested uh, we uh, I put tags on the episodes. I'm working through that. The other day I was trying to get a good Emacs setup through the tried and true method of finding someone else's init EL. By the way, that's the, the main configuration file online and copying it. Uh, and basically ripped out about 1500 lines of configuration because they have no idea what it does. Um, However, in doing so, I remember that you have mentioned occasionally that you use org mode. I do, uh, occasionally. I also recall that it was one of the subjects of the talk that you recently gave at the open source conference you presented at. Org mode is one of those things that you love it or you hate it, and it the next line is literally. I know that Emacs is a bit of a cult nerdy thing. It is. 
So, and that's why I haven't submitted you to it. Well, yes. In fact, they said it is not something I would ever suggest inflicting on your wombat test subject. <laughs> right. Um, but it would be uh, on topic for your podcast to discuss it a bit, especially how it works for you. And I really need to do that. Um, my current workflow has led me away from using Emacs as my day-to-day. And there are a couple things that I miss about it. So... I come back to org mode is one of those things I come back to over and over again. It's like, I need something to do X and then I'll, an org mode or something in Emacs fills that gap. And then I'll try to make everything work in Emacs and get frustrated after a point when it doesn't work just right. And throw out the baby with the bathwater as it were. I have no idea what he's talking there about you go. right now. Mm-hmm. It was also Buddha who suggested in an interview E for the podcast at some point, Kevin Sonny. He says he gets the impression that uh, Kevin is a really nice hoopy fruit who really knows where his towel is and would be good to interview. I can confirm. Yes. I know. I, I have seen his towel. You have. So. Wow, that got weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, last week's episode, Buddha, is, is uh, completely in response to your email. Um, so thank you very much. I really enjoyed sitting uh, down and answering the questions it was uh, an interesting experience because i found myself even though i knew the questions and i seriously Demon there's, a, there's a ghost in that thing um it was it was a little nerve-wracking to be sitting there answering them because suddenly i'm in the hot seat not controlling the lights and asking where you were on tuesday the 15th you wound up talking about raza ghoul and batman i did yeah yes i never know where it's gonna go no uh this is from ellen Ellen says, hi, so far I love the KonMari method. Well, most of it. Uh, the badge code on episode 45 didn't seem to work. Uh, I have since fixed that. And thanks for new things to play with. I'm really glad we can give you new things to play with. Um, Feather wrote in to say that the, the book wasn't giving me joy. Oh, God, that is such a brilliant way of expressing that. <laughs> About KonMari. People have a lot of feelings about KonMari, mm-hmm. and that is okay. There are people who loathe it, and that's fine. Yes. This is product of Yahoo. We can loathe any damn thing you want, and it's totally a cult. So Christy Howard wrote in to talk about uh, Elizabeth B., the interview I did with uh, Elizabeth B. I forget which episode that was. A couple of things. First off, I wanted to tell Elizabeth that she did a fantastic job and that there's no reason to fear the internet descending upon her. I, I agree. I also wanted to thank her tremendously for uh, the mention of Miss Piggle Wiggle. I bounced into my chair when it came up. It was one of my most beloved books as a child. The books taught me the same lesson that she learned. There's nothing so terrible as the consequences of your own actions. And I think that's a a lesson we kind of have to learn sometimes the hard way. Also centipedes. Also centipedes. Centipedes are pretty damn terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Rarely are the consequences of my actions centipedes. That's good. If the consequences of your actions were centipedes, we'd need to have to start talking. Yes. Otherwise, I, I quite agree with you, except centipedes. Right. <laughs> Christy- Sorry, I'm still really scarred by the fact that we've had Florida blue centipedes in the house. There was one day when I had to deal with them twice, and one of them Kevin dealt with it, but it like came out of the Amazon box at me, and that was yeah, kind of it was a little distressing. emotionally scarring because I was just getting for your paper, and then there was a centipede. And uh, then later that night, Kevin was off at a concert, and the teenager comes in and is like, "Ah, uh, 
there's a really large bug in the shower. <laughs> and I went in and uh, it was another Florida blue centipede and I had to beat it to death with a shampoo bottle. See, the traditional method is with a shoe. I had a shampoo bottle. That's fair. And um, that took a while. Mm, and yeah. yes, they're horrific monsters. Yes. And I feel no guilt about that. Most animals I would not beat to death with one, but A1 has bitten me before. It is excruciatingly painful, and there's no reason for it to be that painful because, <laughs> damn it, it just kept hurting out of malice. For like four days, it was like someone was dragging a hot wire through my palm, and there was no reason for it to keep hurting for four days. Anything would have been dead in five minutes that was big enough for the thing to eat. It was just to be malicious. Christy goes on to say, secondly, I wanted Sorry, to say <laughs> I wanted to say thank you for the Productivity Alchemy podcast. I don't know that if it's helped me get or helped get me more organized in any specific way, but it's been a great addition to my efforts to keep my life on track. I'm a terrible at a number of organizational systems in specific cases, Lord so am I, but I'm really good at a whole lot of organizational systems thrown together. Well, that's the key. You gotta you, you gotta assemble the method that works for you. Yep. Seeing the various ways other people keep themselves organized gives me a lot more opportunities to try different methods. Some of them have even stuck. Yay! Celebrate that. Finally, if you ever happen to run out of interview subjects, I happily offer myself as tribute. So this is where it gets interesting. I've had a, several offers. Mm -hmm. So I've actually had to start a folder in my email called tributes, where I will be drawing out... Uh, where I'm, I'm responding to people and saying, hey, here's how you schedule time with me. Let's do this. Here's, you know, and, and expectation setting and things like that. Well, I know her on Twitter. That's Lilisona. I oh, think okay. she sent us horrible food. Well, so many people have sent us horrible food. I lose track. Yes, and honestly, the fact that you want us to lose track because if we remembered, we might bear malice in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> like centipedes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, thanks so much for all that you do. Good luck to the Wombat test subject, and I look forward to another year of being productive. Woo. Woo. I, I am skimming over some of the longer ones because it's there's a lot here, and we're, we're almost caught up to current is the interesting bit. Um, so let's see. This was subject productivity alchemy. Uh, this is from Sarah. Man, look at me writing down names like a boss. I've been listening to Productivity Alchemy, and it's been really helpful. This week, I finally got my email under control for the first time in ages. I am sending you a virtual fist bump. I would send you a more real one, but I'd have to punch the microphone, and Kevin looks at me weird. But you totally get a fist bump for that. And I have to edit out the large whomp that lands on the microphone. Yes, but still, um, total Jedi fist bump. Man, I need to make an Inbox Zero badge. That's 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 like an awesome badge to to have. I'll, all right. Okay. Yeah, an inbox zero badge is great. Maintain inbox zero for one week is the Everest <laughs> of badges. I'm at like inbox five at the moment. So yeah. Um. All right. Even when the discussion isn't something directly relevant to me, it's somehow motivating just to listen to other people organize stuff. Or not, as the case sometimes is. Yes. A couple episodes ago, someone brought up the need for better tracking of projects in progress. I really wish there was a non-crafting-specific project tracking platform that worked like Ravelry.com. The options for queuing, scheduling, and tracking works in progress are amazingly useful, and I haven't seen them implemented in quite the same way in other productivity platforms. Though I 
Also have to admire Ravelry's commitment to being a platform for specific fiber crafts. It's remained so awesome in large part because they've chosen to do one specific thing very well rather than trying to be all things to all people. And fiber arts is one of those things where organization helps you. You need Quite to know what you've got and whether you have enough to do the thing. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. how far along you are and if you're going to need more, especially if it's a specific dye color that may or may not match when you buy more stuff. And I have done my fair share of cross-stitch and not Wait, knitting. Of what? I, I, I've cross-stitched. Uh, go on. What? It was, it, it's a very relaxing hobby, having a small, it's, it's, it's actually kind of nice because you, you buy the kit, right? I mean, I don't buy the big kit with no markers or any, or at least I didn't at the time. And you sit down with the colors and you just do the little X's and color after color until a picture. It's kind of like paint by numbers only with a needle. And I, I never really got the hang of, uh, I, I don't really like do embroidery. I never got anywhere near knitting. Um, Latch hook was kind of nice. That was sort of like paint by number with little pieces of shag carpet. What? Nothing. You're looking at me. Yes, I am. Like, hadn't I told you about this before? It's been ten years, and still new facets of your personality yeah. occasionally reveal themselves. But and that and my mother is a crafter. Oh yes, she, she has the big embroidery machines that you know, and does the quilting and the whole all thing. The quilting, yes, yeah. So I understand that if you if you have to stop halfway through because you've run out of fabric or of yarn or something, and go buy more, the color might not match. That is the wild teenager, I believe, getting a drink. Yes, yes. That the colors might not match, so it's really important to make sure you have enough and that you know where you are in progress and and things like that. One thing I found recently, back to Sarah, one thing I found recently that might be handy for other people in noisy work environments is MyNoise.net. The site has a vast array of different natural and artificial noises to listen to, and I've been surprised at just how much of a difference it makes. In the past, I found white noise just sort of irritating, but this site lets you adjust almost everything about the sound. Like the forest soundtrack, but don't like the crickets, you can turn off the crickets. Like, we need cricket noises. We have frogs. So many frogs. After all that, I also have a question. Like a number of people you've interviewed, I have ADD. My productivity efforts generally fall into a pattern where I'll find a new system, and the positive reinforcement of getting to play with a shiny new toy gets me to set it up, and I'll be perfectly successful with it for a while. But then I get bored and forget to check it, and the tasks pile up, and I shove them under the carpet. I've had the most success with Habitica because every so often I'll switch up some of the things I'm tracking or reorganize the RPG flavor things so that it feels new, but I really wish I could find a system that didn't involve finding a new planner app every six months to a year. Have you run across any systems or strategies for keeping that new feeling going? By now I think I have enough data that just stick with it is a recipe for failure, so I'm switching to trying to trick my brain into thinking it has shi- it has a shiny new toy again without actually having to go out and redo everything. Wow. Wow. That's a really amazing question, and mm-hmm. I got nothing. Well, um, it's, it is, it is a hard one. Now, I have, I have basically a series of things I rotate through, and yeah, I end up spending some time resetting them up every so often. Uh, we were talking about org mode a couple minutes ago. I keep coming back to that. 
Uh, Habitica is sort of on a maintenance right now where I go in, I check off my dailies to make sure I didn't forget anything. I'll admit I haven't, like, touched Habitica in a while. Yeah, and, um, but really sometimes the only way to get your brain back into it is to find something, not necessarily find something new, but go back to something you, you used to use and like and try it back out. It's like trying on a t-shirt, right? Oh, wait, this t-shirt doesn't fit after all. Maybe the thing I, the or this design doesn't work for me, maybe I should go back to the one that, that was comfortable because maybe it works. Um, I want like a, like something like Habitica, but mm-hmm. uh, like you get like jigsaw pieces or something, and oh. and then you, you end up with an assembled puzzle, and then you would get the hit of new when you got a new There's a jigsaw. new puzzle. You have to earn more yeah. points, yeah. Or pieces. Or, it's, yeah, do more tasks, get oh, more pieces. Like the street pass on the 3DS and the puzzle pieces. Yeah. On the street pass, which I might skip every other game on the street pass, but man, when I'm at a con or when I'm at an event, I know I'm passing lots of people. I am all about just go get those puzzle pieces, get those puzzle pieces. It's yeah. kind of crazy. And, and I mean, there mm-hmm. is a. a gamification dopamine hit there yeah, yeah. of and and I mean I love Habitica for what it does but it doesn't have the the randomized element that mm-hmm. I think is it must be part of it I mean you give rats a lever they press and they don't get a treat they don't press the, they stop pressing lever you give them one where they always get a treat they press the lever till they're not hungry and they stop you give them one where they may or may not get a treat and the rat will press the lever till the end of time right uh, so it's, uh, we need an organization system that comes with a dopamine hit, like a gamification like that. Yeah. Cause there's there, I, I suppose there gets to be a point where yes, uh, in my Habitica, I could use the orb of rebirth, take myself all the way back to level one and start leveling everything up again. I don't necessarily want to do that, but, and I don't have all my pets yet, so I'm still not I'm not comfortable doing a reset where I lose all my pets because yeah. I've worked way too hard for some of those. But the I, I've reached a point where some of it's just grinding. I, I'm thinking of, of Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon Go, uh, which I play fairly religiously, mm-hmm. and I go out and uh, you know, catch my little Pokemon and, and spin my little gems. <laughs> And if there was, like, a, a gamification of some sort, I, I think it would have to have an element of randomness you did not know what you got every time to make that happen. Right. Now, now I am not offering to code this. No, I am not offering no. Kevin to code this. No. But... I have so many other projects. I, I have chickens to deal with, let alone... Yes. Yeah. But... I think I think you have put your finger on mm-hmm. a real and valid concern that I do not have an answer for, and I can sort of see a way that we could work around that for mm-hmm. some uh, online programs. But I am not necessarily the person to do it. Yeah. Now I did I did uh, catch on. Um, I was starting to do some of the the research into that, and I there was a TED talk that we're going to talk about on on a later one. But the game designer. Um, Whoa, what was her name again? Uh, Jane McGonagall talked about Kelly her... McGonagall here? No, well, that's that's the psychologist, the, oh, okay. the one up here, the game that can give you 10 extra years of life. Um, 
it's her game super better. So it's all about uh, it's all about sort of mental reinforcement and and building up your self esteem, um, which is kind of interesting in that it sort of has a a a cycle around. Hey, here's something you've never done. Here's something. Um, you know, here's, so you can do that and you get power ups and it's, there are quests and there's some battling of the bad guys. So there's been some, like, there's, there's some stuff that, that may be out there. I don't know if that will help you keep up with another system, but in terms of something that, that might, you know, like help reset your mind, super better might be something. It's on my list of things to try. Okay, the thing that makes Marvel Puzzle Quest. Yes. Which is a thing you are very addicted to. I spend a lot of time playing, yeah. And I, that is not a judgment. No. Uh, everybody has their, their thing. Um, I spend a lot of time there. Is, again, the random reward of... Oh, yeah. Do I get these... The, do, when I win this little game, do I get the cover that I want mm-hmm. uh, of the character that I want... Uh, and, and this is basically bejeweled, just just, w- just a little more complicated. Yeah. Uh, if you could introduce something like that with a get a some, you know, if I was yeah. going to get a Deadpool cover, if I wrote a thousand words, <laughs> you know, I, you may get a Deadpool cover, right? Right. Or I may, you know, get something random, and it's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's there's there's a lot to that, you know. There's like there is a a a daily thing that I'm trying to be very good about getting every day, where you're guaranteed if you get through all six of the, I think you'll actually only have to do three or something like three to five. But if you do all of the little missions on it, you will get a the specific the character of the day's cover, right? And it's a, a in the, they have one star to five star ratings on the strengths and you know power and all that, and it's usually a three star. And you have to already have one of them in order to get right. another one. But I'm like, I'll, I'll be honest, I have all but three of the three star covers now. So it's like, yes, there's a very good chance it's going to be a cover I want, cover I need, or something to power up my existing one. So I'm just playing it. But there's also you know, a randomness where you get a special token where you can draw from a cover pile, basically, and get something at random. Sometimes you get that big, you know, four-star super, the one special one in there. Sometimes you end up getting a whole lot of the... <coughs> Hawkeye. <coughs> so much Hawkeye. The one-star Hawkeye. Not even the three-star Hawkeye. Or the the five-star. The five-star Hawkeye is really good. I like the three-star No, star I'm one, sorry. But- any Hawkeye is a one-star Hawkeye. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no. No, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye. All right, all right, we'll, we'll allow it. Anyway, she's, we're she's getting... She's a four-star, yeah. We're getting far afield here. <laughs> and she has Lucky the Pizza Dog, too. Hawkeye sucks. <laughs> anyway, so so it may be that you need a, an add-on system, or you, there's that randomness missing. Um, and I realize that Habitica's idea is to build habits every day. So yeah, there's going to be. I, some I that. would build a habit if it meant I got a random cover. <laughs> Vicky, if you're listening, um, call me. 
You know where to find me. <laughs> um, so, oh, there's my Habitica now, but that isn't what I wanted. So, uh, we want to help Sarah. I don't know. I honestly don't. I, I'll, I'll have to keep my eye out. Yeah, that's because the best I can say. I, I don't think that's at all an uncommon problem, and I know exactly what you mean because it's like I abandoned many of my systems after a while too, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right, on to this note from Nancy. Hi, Kevin and Ursula. I'm one of the recent interviews. No, uh, in one of the in recent. one of the recent interviews, I believe it was Alicia Day. They mentioned they were getting married and buying a new house in addition to fielding their day job. That really resonated with me as I have also gotten married and bought a house within the last year. Congrats! I'm fortunate that my day job is Monday through Friday. And That's works- as much on congrats as surviving that incredibly stressful oh, set of experiences piled yeah. on top of each other. Um, uh, my day job is Monday through Friday and work stays at work when I leave. Lucky. But it was still a lot to manage. I made a lot of lists and maintained several spreadsheets. My husband and I used Dropbox and Google Sheets to share documents so that we were both in the loop on tasks and milestones, and we had regular weekly meetings to discuss project and any changes in scope, as it were. Nice. And it all got done. Stress levels would get high, but nothing was truly frantic or last minute. I'm very proud of both of us. I'm very impressed. So am I, really. Um, We just moved into the new house a few days ago, so the next project is unpacking and organizing and prioritizing various repairs. Welcome to, well, I mean, presumably you you had a house already, but anyway, Mm -hmm. the, the, welcome to your new house. Awesome. Go you. Good luck with unpacking. Yeah, really. Uh, I think I may still have some stuff I haven't unpacked from when I moved in here. Oh, this is from May 15th, so hopefully you've managed to unpack a fair amount. I would hope. You'll still have some boxes that you're just like, you know, that... In the corner, mm-hmm. you're like, what's in that? Oh, don't worry about it. And, you mm-hmm. know, 20 years later, what's in that? I have no idea. And here's here's the... I still have a crown of thorns I haven't unpacked. No, we've had it out and put it back in a couple times for Easter's. Oh, did we? Yes. The problem is when you own a crown of thorns that is made out of horseshoe nails, my stepfather made it a while ago, mm-hmm. it's a very impressive art object that cannot be displayed safely anywhere. Oh. It's it's all sharp. There is actually one position you can wear it in. It was made to be worn for uh, passion plays, but it's uh, it's it lives in a box because if it falls over, you go to catch it, and then terrible, and terrible. then stigmata. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> in stigmata. Uh, no, just plain stigmata. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Alice wrote in sort of manual stigmata, as yeah. it were. Um. Alice wrote in, really enjoy all the podcasts. I've been listening to a lot of TED Talks and found one by Kelly McGonigal regarding stress. That's the one we were looking at earlier, how to make stress your friend. It's about reframing your stress to aid your life. I bought her book, The Upside of Stress, and it is really helping me deal with my stress. Um, I And I have a lot of stress in my life. Between your discussions of becoming a project lead and an executive at work that sends out leadership articles, I've decided to take leadership training. Cool. Nice. Basically, prepare myself to take my boss's job as a division director when he retires in the next couple of years. Or something similar elsewhere. I got tentative approval to pursue this and will be trying to develop a network this summer. It's hard as I was socialized not to put myself forward or demand things, let alone ask people to help my career when they aren't work friends. That's, Mm -hmm. I am going to guess that uh, you were socialized female and that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like hyperventilating when I even think of approaching someone to mentor me. Yeah. Nope. 
That's not atypical. One mm-hmm. thing that probably won't help you, but an observation that, that has mm-hmm. been made before is that uh, I... Okay, say you've ordered something in a restaurant. If my meal is terrible, I will eat it in grim silence. If my friend's meal is terrible, I will have the waiter flag down in 30 <laughs> seconds or less and be like, you must do something. There are, you know, it, there's a centipede in your steak. Uh, yeah. Sorry, centipedes on the brain. Um, I this doesn't help because obviously you can't, you know, get somebody to contact people to mentor you while you contact them. Like kind of a weird life affirming version of the two strangers who meet on the train and agree to murder each other's spouses. Um, Kevin, Kevin is is not sure where I'm going with this analogy, but you see what I mean. I, I see what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't, like, get, like, a, a mentor buddy that you'll be like, you know, I will find people to mentor you because I can talk about how awesome you are. Uh, this is the same problem with artists selling their own work. Most artists are like, I did a thing, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want someone to, to sell an artist's work, you put another artist there who's like, come over here and look what oh, she yeah, did with constantly. the, you know, yeah. uh, the the joke is that uh, my friend Talia is always like, yeah, all I need to do is just to sell Namrath's art is make you stand at her bay and just grab people. <laughs> random guys, Look at these brush strokes. I'm going to scream. So yeah. um, pretend you're your friend. Yeah. That's, um, that's or, all I got. Or if you have, um, there's a, there's a lot that, that goes into it that sometimes a friend of a friend, hey, you know, if you have a friend who can introduce you, to these people, um, that's really helpful as well. Uh, you still kind of have to put yourself out there, so it can be a little nerve-wracking to say, hey, Ursula, can you introduce me to your friend Mer Lafferty? I want to talk about Star Wars. I mean, I already know Mer, but you get the idea. Right. Right. Uh, um, so. I, I mean... And then there's all sorts of weird, fraught stuff with that, mm-hmm. because if I didn't know you that well, I would be like... That's a really bizarrely manipulative way to use our friendship. Okay. Whereas if it's, you know, if my buddy Murr, who I've mm-hmm. known for years, was like, hey, can you introduce me to uh, uh, your friend Brooke? I want to ask her about webcomics. I'd be like, yeah, come to lunch. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, as long as you're come to lunch friend and whatnot, mm-hmm. yeah, I doubt it would be an issue. So, yeah. so it's... But it's all fraught. I know. Mm-hmm. I All I can do is be sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Alice goes on, I'm using OneNote a lot to clip classes I want to take and keep notes on people and contacts, as well as just keep track of my assignments and my log activities. They are offering a one-day class on GTD, which I am only thinking about taking due to your influence. Well, I, you GTD know... GTD is... Uh, David Allen's getting things done. Yeah. See, um, I knew that now after mm-hmm. doing the show forever, but just, you know, for new listeners. Um... Good luck. Yes. We are rooting for you. So Frank- I feel like the end of the Red Green Show. We're all pulling for you. Keep your stick on the ice. Yeah, uh, Frank wrote in to say... I should have been born Canadian. I apologize a lot and watch the Red Green Show. Just a note to say how much I appreciate productivity, alchemy, being able to listen to shows kept me sane-ish on a cross-country drive last year, and I've been able to adapt some of the things you discuss uh, to the organization life of a working potter. Ooh, cool. Yes. Came across this video at the Futility Closet that I thought you might appreciate. It's uh, a composition called Failing, 
and it's a video and it's it's very complicated. I'm not going to try to explain it. I will link it in the show notes. Also, I just finished reading Whiskerella, and when I came to the Duchess of Umberwall story, I stopped and said, hey, is that a Discworld reference? Because I'd already caught the Silver Cow Creamer earlier, so I assumed the Bat Ambassador was Uberwaldian. <laughs> the Then about two minutes later, my brain sent up another flag. Wait, is that a Redwall reference too? It wasn't actually a Redwall reference. I think the Silver Cow Creamer was a uh, uh, Wodehouse Wodehouse, Chiefs of course. Wodehouse. Uh, the uh, the Umberwall thing, the bad ambassador is, you know, yep. there is a lot of Pratchett. Uberwald may have been involved in, in some. So much thoughts. Pratchett. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, um, <sighs> yes. Uh, so, uh, Corey Large, who I believe we've had on the show, okay. uh, wrote in to say, I enjoyed this week's episode as always. I'm excited to hear about the possibility of badge stickers. It would be really cool once they become available for sale. I'm working on it. I decorate my journals with stickers and washi tape and would love to add these since I've listened to every episode. Cool. Nice. I remember on past episodes when the coffee shop was being remodeled, Ursula couldn't write properly because she... It's supposed to be done by the end of the summer. Ursula couldn't write properly because she didn't have her background noise. Uh, Have y'all checked out ambientmixer.com? It was recommended to to by a writer I follow on YouTube, and I've started using it as well. There is a coffee shop category Ooh. if you search for it. Um, I I will I will have to check some of these white noise things out because I'm still writing at the kitchen table and yes, or okay, I, I've got to stop writing in bed. It's terrible on my back. And yet you keep doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but it's terrible on my back. Yep. Um. Allison wrote in uh, after my episode with Thomas, um, episode 47. You were sick that week. Yes. Um, The discussion of culture fit made me very twitchy. Culture fit is absolutely a real thing. My favorite example is Dave Mustaine getting kicked out of Metallica for being an angry drunk while the other members were happy drunks. And it's important to remember that culture fit is often used as coded language to keep undesirables out of business or entire fields. Oh, yeah. That's, you're not oh, a yeah. good culture fit means mm-hmm. you're not Christian, you're not straight, you're not a dude, you're yep. not, mm-hmm. you know, white, whatever. No, it, people use it all the time as a catch-all for we're really firing you for reasons we can't state because HR will have we'll us have, yeah. nailed to the wall. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, though... Uh, if it is truly a culture fit problem, like you're not fitting in with the culture, not some other reason. Like if you've been there for two years and suddenly it's a culture fit problem, it's probably coded language for something else. If you've been there three weeks and it's a culture fit problem, it probably is a culture fit problem. I suppose At least in my experience, yeah. Uh, well, but your experience is that you're a white dude. No. Straight white dude. But so, I've, but, yeah. And I've not been, but I've watched other people be as my... Uh, former lead said managed out yeah. because they weren't good culture fits. It's, it's one of those things that I think, I, I think uh, Allison is absolutely right to be mm-hmm. twitchy about because yeah. it is, it can be a very loaded term mm-hmm. while still being a real thing Yes, that it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the problem is because it's a real thing, it gets lots of some shady stuff goes on oh, yeah. in the, the, yeah. The the interesting thing here is tech is notorious for this. Um, Allison goes on with, um, say that culture fit, especially at a startup, includes going out for drinks after work. Single mothers might have difficulty participating in that culture, as might people coming from a low income background who don't have money to waste. 
Hiring will skew towards people who have both time and money to spare. Or think of all the stories of racism and sexism in a wide variety of workplaces and notice how often some variant of, well, that's just part of the workplace culture is used as an excuse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maxim's on the back of the toilet. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I worked for a company once and I overheard, um, like, the exec VP. I mean, this place was toxic as hell anyway. Uh, but the executive VP was basically, I don't want to talk to anyone who has a wife or a significant other or children because they need to be able to work at least 60 hours a week. Yeah. At least. And I'm like, that's not a healthy thing. That's not a culture problem. That's you being it. You having completely unrealistic expectations of what your humans do. Yes. Your culture is you want super unhealthy people that you can pay nothing. Right. And as with so many startup founders, I'm working 900 hours a week. Why can't everybody work 900 hours a week? Yeah. Um, I I hope mm -hmm. everything is being picked up. I had to turn sideways on my thing because... Mm -hmm. uh, not to put too fine a point upon it, my butt is asleep. Yeah, no, I'm 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 following along. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm hopeful that the workshops Thomas talked about, the ones to help with organizational and study skills, are used in good faith to help students as much as possible before they're told maybe this school isn't the best fit for you. Otherwise, the weed them out early approach becomes another way to keep lower social classes away from higher education. Now, I'd like to point out that that. Uh, this is the Bavarian education system we're talking about here. Right. Any sign that they were weeding out undesirables like that would be, it's a government institution. And so, and there's a lot, a lot of, no, we, we have to do our best by the students first. And if it's not working out for them, then. I, yeah. not that I would necessarily trust government institutions inherently look right. at our current oh, problems yeah. mm-hmm. here. Um, but these are valid points, Allison. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And absolutely. I, I think it is it is well worth making them. Uh, God knows mm-hmm. everything yeah. can be used well in good faith and badly in bad faith. And I, I wish I had a solution. Yeah, but I think the the concerns are well. Oh no, they're well very valid up. concerns and. Um, they should be, you know, it's something to always watch out for. Yeah. Uh, just because I haven't, I haven't seen it recently doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And um, just because it hasn't happened to me doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. Um, unrelated, I would like to apologize now for the extensive length of a letter to you and Ursula that I haven't finished yet. It's cool. Don't yeah. worry about it. But I love you both. And the combination of her tweets and this podcast have played a big part in helping me survive my current mental breakdown. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for listening. And we're, we're just glad we can help. We are glad to help in, mm-hmm. in whatever mm-hmm. small way we can. You got this. We got faith in you. Yes. Um, and if you don't got it, we have both been in places where we have not had it either. So you got the bit after that. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we are almost caught up on letters. Holy crap. Yep. Well, my butt is about to die. I can shift this desk to standing mode and we can stand for the rest of it. Uh, no, that's just weird. All okay. right. Let, let's, let's. All right. Uh, from Anne, I am very much enjoying. I love you listeners enough that I am sacrificing the feeling in my butt. <laughs> from Anne. I am very much enjoying listening to Productivity Alchemy. It's really heartening to hear how other people stay productive and even to hear some of the hardships and obstacles overcome in order to be successful on many different fronts. I'm facing a hardship right now. 
<laughs> well, I don't use apps to stay productive. I have been using some of the ideas from your show to at least keep track of things in my new business. I have to admit I'm a bit of a Luddite, but I really prefer to have actual physical paper with my information on it. But I've been using some digital programs as backup. Square has been amazing, as well as the um, Open Office Excel clone. Oh, Libra uh, number or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and the obligatory for my account in QuickBooks. If you're ever interested, I wouldn't mind volunteering. Oh, this is another one to add to my tributes folder. Ha ha ha. Um, thank you very much for all you do in your podcasts, all three of them. Congrats on the new business, Yeah, Anne. no, seriously, congratulations. Um, where did my tributes folder go? There it is. All right, Anne. Um, yeah. Um, from Babette. Uh, first, congratulations on 50 episodes of Productivity Alchemy. Thank you. Second, longtime fan of Ursula's over here from the far-off days of Elfwood. Nine... Oh, lo, the mm -hmm. ancient time. Nine Goblins is a comfort read for me, and I'm secretly hoping for a sequel. Uh, it's partway done. Um, the Nine Goblins ones are do take a long time to write for reasons mm -hmm. I am not entirely clear on. Uh I really, before I die, want to write Sings to Trees and Celadon Toadstool's love yes. story, which I wanted to write a sequel to Nine Goblins to set up where they could wind up going, but at this point, you know, maybe I should just knuckle down and write the damn orc love story. I don't know. Um, it's been incredibly helpful for me to listen to your podcasts. While I was home on maternity leave last winter, even getting out of the house was a challenge some days. Oh, Lord, I know. Uh, discovering Habitica through you gave me motivation to add small dailies and habits and to get out of the baby fog eventually. I watched my ex-wife go through it twice. It's It can be a tough thing, yeah. Now I'm back at work part-time. Your podcast has given me so much inspiration for staying organized. I, I'm glad. Uh, thank you. I recently discovered a new online tool app that I wanted to let you know about. While Habitica is so much fun, find all the pets, preach it, I didn't like using it as a general to-do list. It's hard to keep track when you have many tasks and projects. Instead, I found Choir. Choir.io. I'm going to link it. In Choir, you can use nested lists as many levels as you want, save searches for tag tasks, and adding tasks is incredibly convenient. You can add tags, deadlines, priorities, etc. all in line while you type the task itself. I also like the clean interface. It's very easy to get an overview of your tasks and projects. It reminds me a bit of Wonderlist. So maybe something for the Wombat test subject to try out. I am intrigued by mm -hmm. things that are like Wonderlist. That is the the app I use the most frequently. It is uh, I've discovered that actually keeping track of my word count makes me much happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, thanks so much and best wishes, wishes from Germany. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we, will, we will be looking into it. I actually have it... Uh, um, I had opened it up and had started to take a look so that we can maybe do a full review later. I will link it in the show notes. And here we are. This is the last letter in all the backlog. We are caught up. Woo! This is from Damien. I think we need a health warning at the start of the podcast about these badges. The only thing more obsession-making would be a progress bar. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what we need is a progress bar. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that I... Um, that is really nice about Zoho projects is once I have all my tasks in a task list or something, as I fill them out, there is a little progress bar uh, and we use Zoho project at work. There's a little progress bar that starts to fill up as I get all the tasks done. So you can sort of see your progress. It's it's, but yeah, a progress bar. Hmm. Let me think on that one. Anyway, thank you everyone for writing in. Thank you. I am going mm -hmm. to duck out now that the questions have been answered while Kevin does the end bit because 
Uh, well, you've already heard too much about my butt. So Yeah, So, but we're going to take a break because I have to go put the chicken away. Yes. So we will be back, or I will be back in just a moment. Woo! We're back. Ursula has gone to stretch and get the feeling back in apparently her buttocks. So that's happening in my house, apparently. I would like to thank Babette, Corey, Allison, Reagan, Feather, Stevie, Patricia, Buddha, Ellen, Christy, Sarah, Nancy, Alicia, Frank, Allison, and Annie for... Oh, I said Allison twice, didn't I? Sorry. Um... <clears throat> I, I meant to have Allison just the once, but I want to thank everybody whose whose letters I read, all of you, uh, Allison, and yeah, um, I really enjoy hearing from everyone. I have a folder, like I said, of people who wrote into volunteers tribute to be interviewed that I will be following up with as I get through the current pile of interviews I have ready to go in the upcoming weeks, including finally, after being bumped a couple times, Howard Taylor, Sandra Taylor, uh, Corey Large, who uh, we read a letter from. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Jennifer Askey, I have scheduled for July. I've got stuff all set up, scheduled through July, and we'll be adding on more as I I'm able to follow up on all those. So thank you everyone for writing and thank you to the volunteers and thanks for your questions, your comments and your tips. I read them all, even if I don't read the full letter on air. Sometimes, you know, we just did 60 minutes of letters and sometimes it's just not possible to fit it all in. This week, our badge code is caught up because that is what I am. I am caught up in my read on air folder. And so it is now empty. I was going to make it inbox zero. But then I thought, no, I need to save that for when I can actually make an inbox zero badge, which is now on my list of things to do. You can claim your badge, your open badge by going to the productivity alchemy website and scrolling down to the bottom where there's a little thing, enter your code here. And you can just type in caught up all one word and you can claim your open badge saying that you have listened to this episode. Open badges are little images that I put together every week that, you know, basically they say, Hey, I listened to this episode and claimed the badge and here's the cool bit. And you can take it and put it on other sites because it follows the Mozilla open badge format, which is a really cool thing that a lot of educational groups and institutions are using. And I just want to spread the word and the love for open badges because they're pretty awesome. Uh, your weekly reminder that you can support this podcast and all the other podcasts we do at patreon.com slash Ursula V. That's where the Red Wombat Studio podcast. No, sorry. That's where the Red Wombat Studio Patreon is. The Red Wombat Studio podcast. They're all Red Wombat Studio podcasts now. 
including the Hidden Almanac, which I'm going to go record now, uh, the next episode of, and uh, the every other week now Kevin and Ursula eat cheap because it takes us an extra week to recover from some of the terrible things we eat and swear loudly about that one. Definitely not for children hidden almanac, much more all ages. In addition to this one, which we said at the beginning is about PG 13. The other thing you can do is you can buy me a coffee at uh, ko ficom slash K S O N N E Y. We also have a donation form on the productivity alchemy website. Just click that support link on the main site and it'll give you all the options really cool like that so want to say thank you very much to everyone who wrote in again i've said it like five times um and i hope you all have a good week we will see you in another week with our interview with howard taylor really excited about that one so y'all go out there and stay productive <laughs>